0: Hi, everybody. This is Tracy Carlson.
1: This is Daniel Carlson.
0: From How Have You Not Seen This? That's
1: the podcast you're listening to right now. Yes,
0: right. You literally chose to press play right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're coming at you to say uh, we're everywhere. We are all over the internet, all over your social medias. Notseenthispod.com, Not Seen This Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, not seen this pot at gmail.com yep um, we would love to ask you for a special holiday gift and that is please subscribe and uh, maybe leave us a review uh, or, or two and uh, if you're really feeling in the mood uh, we've, got <laughs> <Patreon>. <laughs> we've got a patreon the patreon page I took and a turn <laughs> we welcome you to join our patrons we know we've got uh, I think think at least over 400 listeners right now which is very cool and uh you guys could really help us pay our libsyn fees and our uh hosting fees because we don't get paid for this and we really love doing it and we want to be able to keep doing it so with that said you have anything
1: no that's all i got it sounds good
0: yeah let's get on with the show here's the
2: You must change, you will catch a cold. What care I for colds when there is such a man? You will care very much when your nose swells up. You are right. Help me,
0: Eleanor. Not in a Jane Austen way. Right. You're special in a...
1: I think I could be special in a Jane Austen way. Mm. I'm very pale. I come from the land of a lot of pale people. You could be I'm one of the awkward. silly men.
0: You could be one of the silly men.
1: Yes, I'm awkward. I don't do well in bright sun that's true that's uh, true yeah i'm all down for wearing uh you'd have to scars. wear the really
0: high you have to wear the regency era and
1: costume. i don't even know what that means but that sounds fine yeah all right what's regency is it
0: it's the era the okay. Regency okay why they call it that not...
1: okay i'll look it up are later. you
0: fucking kidding me yeah i don't know but do I'll you find... think that i care enough to look that up i don't know i'll look it up later jesus christ welcome hey everybody i mean do you see what i'm dealing with
1: i don't know a lot of stuff
0: anything
1: no i know nothing
0: uh yeah what's up welcome to how have you not seen this welcome
1: everybody i am daniel carlson
0: and i'm tracy carlson which you know because we've already introduced ourselves yeah so
1: good to see you again welcome back uh how have you not seen this is a podcast where tracy and i take turns showing each other movies that one of us has not seen yet that is true yep and this week
0: uh i think i won the I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I won the season so far. Whoa, damn! It's like four episodes old. Yeah, but I'm gonna say I won the season damn. so far with *Sense and Sensibility* from 1995, mm-hmm. a fucking classic that is still lauded today as the best Jane Austen adaptation really? out there. Yes.
1: Really? Yes. Even better than the. And I should preface this by saying I've seen no other Jane Austen adaptations tv film anything or read any jane austen or read any jane austen
0: and actually didn't wonder he actually asked me if jane Eyre was written by jane
1: austen that may have happened yeah yeah who wrote jane Eyre again
0: no we're not getting into that
1: okay I'll, I'll i'll get up later um but uh yes i oh oh yes people laud the colin firth Pride that's, and Prejudice?
0: That's a BBC... Okay, so that's not fair. I, I always say to people when they're like, oh, Pride and Prejudice, blah, 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 I'm like, look, no one should talk you like can that. do so much with a miniseries. Don't talk to me about the movies and miniseries. You can't, you can't get into not No, that's into, fair. That's you know fair. The, the scope is
1: too different. So yeah, like, so that's what got to be like, what, six, eight hours long? Yeah. Yeah. So come on, man. In two and a half hours, you've just got... you got
0: to cut a lot of shit. Your constraints are way different. You're cutting yeah. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a period drama mm-hmm. film or picture as mm-hmm. our favorite Martin says, um, good picture. It's a good picture. It's a good picture. It's directed by Ang Lee mm-hmm. and that surprised you. I remember you were like, what? No, I, I knew he'd done this. I, th- I thought you were surprised
1: by that. No, I was surprised by the music. Oh, Patrick okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Um, and it's based on Jane Austen's 1811 novel of the same name written by a lady. It was written anonymously by a lady really yeah it wasn't
1: published under her name
0: no fascinating because men are the worst We're fascinated
1: yeah i also didn't know when it was published early 1800s i didn't know if it was early 18s or late 1700s early 18s i don't know when she lived
0: so this is um basically um uh, all right it's hard to give you the story. I'm going to get, we're going to talk about the movie. Okay. We're not going to talk about the book can't. because you can't talk about the book. It would be like if I did Gone with the Wind and I tried to tell you about the guy that marries her sister and he only has one leg and you're like, what are you talking about? That's no. not in the movie. Yeah. He's really awesome. He's a great guy. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to talk to you about the book. And if you are one of those, like, book people, you got to just put it out of your head, man, or just listen to another podcast and
1: i think that's a good thing to bring up and and i really respect that because you and i both love a lot of books and love a lot of movies based on books yes but i learned a long time ago you have to just treat them as two separate things yes you've got to judge them on their own merits because a movie no matter how long it is is never going to include all the stuff in a book plus it's a different medium it's going to change stuff too it also has to like a book is like psychological insight and prose a movie is telling a story in visuals yes they're just different media yes so yeah I, i completely agree
0: So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we've got are the Dashwoods. It's going to be very hard for me not to burst into my really bad British accent. (laughs) Um, Because you can't really say British accent. There's like a million different dialects. Uh, And I will just swing wildly back and forth. Um, But um, this is the story of three sisters and their mother who are uh, basically thrown out of their home when their uh, father husband dies uh, because they are his second family. His first wife died and he had a son and the law at the time and possibly still the law. I don't fucking know. Um, is, the that, going. Yeah. <laughs> is that the um, is that Noland um, the property passes from father to son and they were left with a pittance of money to keep them going and the their half-brothers married to a complete witch the villain uh of the movie and she's like no don't give them shit like your dad when your dad asked you to take care of them he just meant like you know think fondly of them and yeah. you're like oh i fucking hate you um yeah they're so, given
1: nothing they're thrown out yeah and like the the, the will stipulates like the house is now his 500 and you a year. get like 500 bucks a year that's it yeah which is so ugh.
0: so they um there's they're at Norland um they're they're the da- the Dashwoods you have um Mrs Dashwood Miss Dashwood Eleanor who is played by Emma Thompson oh um Miss Marianne who's played by um uh, Kate Winslet. Kate Kate Winslet and then you have Margaret who is played I don't remember her name, but she's absolutely precious. I've got it. It doesn't matter. Um, she's 11. Uh, so there's really no long and short of it. Um, the sister-in-law is formerly her, her, she is nay Ferris. It's spelled F E R R A R S, but they say Ferris and her brother, Edward, who's played so perfectly by Hugh Grant. Um, he comes and falls in love with Eleanor, and um, but they don't say anything because Eleanor's the sensible one. Oh, fuck, I don't know how to tell us. I don't know how to tell I got this.
1: this. I got this. I can do it. I think I can do a, a kind of big picture summary.
0: Okay, do a big picture summary because I'm you know me. I yeah, way I way too into it. So here's
1: the thing. So you've got the mom, Mrs. Dashwood, and her three daughters, Eleanor, Marianne, and Margaret. They get kicked out, and so they have to figure out what to do and how to live because the will gives them five hundred pounds a year which they have to, like, cut 19 ways to, like, buy, like, cheap groceries and food and live on. And they need a place to live. And they wind up living with uh, the mom's – it's her cousin, right? No, Yeah, yeah,
0: her cousin. They live in a cottage that's owned by her cousin.
1: Her cousin uh, takes him in because he's got a big property. So he's got, like, a big – He's still charging him rent. Yeah, he's got a big manor house, but he has a cottage on that property. He takes them in, lets them live there. And so it's about the lives of this family as they kind of – try to put themselves back on track and, and get things going. Because again, they had a wonderful home and everything was fine. And then their father, the father dies and they're, they're booted. And so they kind of have to get back up on Throwing their feet. A horse. So, uh, Oh, okay. Just let not me good know. Not. Um, so it's, it's about that, but it's also about uh, the two older sisters coming into their own and finding their own relationships and ways in the world and how they handle their relationship differently. Because Eleanor, played by Emma Thompson, is very reserved. And Marianne, played by Kate Winslet, is very outgoing. So it's about them trying to manage their romantic entanglements and desires. Also because they know that to to find a successful husband would be to bring some support and stability to their family.
0: But they are not desirable because they have, don't have any money.
1: Exactly. So that's the thing. They know that they they one of the things they want to do money, is then. find some good husbands to provide their family some support. But because they are very poor they're looked down upon and viewed as bad matches by upper class society so it's it's about them trying to like just navigate their way in the world and the relationships they go through and so it's about the family kind of learning about themselves and also there are two or three key um relationships dudes that with with uh with some just dudes just slices of big old greasy dude
0: so how have you not seen this
1: how have i not seen this great question we should call the podcast that mm. no bad title okay so i have not seen this because when i was 13 there were few things i wanted to see less than a jane austen adaptation <laughs> i didn't even probably know who there jane are few austen few things i wanted to see yeah. more I probably didn't even know at 13 who Jane Austen was. And if you explained it to me, I would have been like, that sounds not good. Can we go see Sudden Death instead Stay the Jean-Claude Van Damme? There you go. Uh, which I did see, and it's not good. Um, so I just never got around to seeing it. I have heard all these praises that you mentioned earlier. Like, I've heard it... Uh, proclaimed from the hills i've heard it's
0: 98 percent on rotten tomatoes i've heard
1: it's a great movie it's a great cast it's emma thompson when she was in this you know awesome run in the 90s it's a very young kate winslet as her career was taking off this is like one of her first movies ever yep uh it's directed by a great director ang lee and it's based on a great classic novel so i'd heard all these great things about it i just never got around to seeing it when i was younger and as is often the case it's one of those movies that you would love as an adult if you if it came out when you were an adult and you came across it for the yes. first time as a grown-up, but because it's just yes. kind of from your past, you missed the boat. And I like, I've, I've obviously seen it around, you know, I, but I've, and I've never seen it and said, I don't want to watch that or that looks terrible or no, mm-hmm. I just never got around to seeing it. Which mm-hmm. just come with those things. Like I accepted it was good. I accepted it exists. I knew it was out there, yeah. but I never sought it out. Cause, yeah. and again, I also chalk that up to the blind spot I've got in literature, which is I haven't read any Jane Austen.
0: I know. I'm sad for you.
1: So I never. It's not.
0: See, the Jane Austen is not just a chick
1: lit writer. No, no. Of course, she's an amazing novelist. She's one of the best novelists in history. Yeah, that's the thing. But as a 13 year old boy, I was like, "What? It's about the 1800s and people in dresses and carriages? No, thank you." But she only wrote six books. Yeah,
0: let's see. Mansfield Park, Persuasion, Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, Emma, and. My thumb can't think of the sixth one. That's that sixth one. Well, I'll come to it. Okay, so you had a that's that's
1: The Dead Zone. The that was her sixth zone. one. <laughs> was, Castle po- Rock. It's about the politician. It's Castle
0: good. Rock was the last one Let's that she did. Um Oh, we've got I can hear him. My little my little gay British cat is uh speaking up. So
1: So that's how I've never seen this.
0: That's how you've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Just and, never got around to it. Uh do you wanna tell me do you want me to tell you about it or do you want to tell me what you thought?
1: Uh, I'm gonna tell you what I thought. I think you should because we've done a good plot recap so far. Yeah. And we're I think just gonna get should. into the weeds.
0: Because you I, I have to tell you guys, watching him watch this movie was oh, a joy. Edge of my seat. Joy. Edge of my seat the whole time. Because he would have this look on his face. Of course, I know what's gonna happen because I've seen this movie so much that I could I was saying the dialogue along with the characters. Um And so I was watching him and he would get like a shocked look on his face be or he'd be like worried, like, and it tickled me because I knew what was going to happen. And I wanted to go, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. But then I thought, no, I love this. I love that he's totally like freaking out because he doesn't know what's going to happen. So I can tell you that he thoroughly enjoyed himself watching this movie. Oh, totally.
1: Oh, totally. I had a great time. Edge of my seat the whole time. Seriously. Like there's one scene later on, where one of the main characters is very, very sick. Um, Marianne. Like, because it's the 1800s, and she just was outside in the rain. Like, she's probably going to die. And I'm like, what the fuck?
0: Kate Winslet (laughs) actually got sick. No. Because of the rain water machine. I take it all back. I I apologize
1: to Kate. Call me. Um, Yeah. But no, like, so she was, like, on death's door in the bed, and I was, like, super worried. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, no, I thought it was a great movie. I had a great time. Um, It is... Just it's great on every level. It's it's well shot, it's well acted, it's well written, it's well directed. Uh, I think that it it speaks a lot too because again it's it's a weird advantage in my experience watching this, having not read any Jane Austen, because I have nothing to compare this to. So when I'm watching this, I don't think oh they cut out such and such or whatever you know. Yeah. I'm not measuring this in my head against anything, and nothing felt missing. Obviously, I would imagine that the book has a lot more action
0: lots of stuff missing a lot more
1: characters a lot more twists a lot more plot cuz it's a novel yes. from a couple hundred years ago yes. that's just natural but when i watched this i didn't feel like anything had been um cut out a lot of times with adaptations the first like act feels really heavy and drawn from the novel and then they just kind of like cram and scam and skip along but i had a great time with this like at no point did i feel like I'm missing something or something clearly being skimmed over. Like all the characters were great. All their interactions were great. All the stories between them were great. Uh, Emma Thompson, I thought did a fantastic job as Eleanor. She's so good. And she's, she wrote it. Yeah. She's such a wonderful actress. She does such an amazing job. Um, I've got, I've got lots of notes. Um, she, uh, she, she does such a, a great job because she has to be so locked up. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she's the oldest daughter. She's got all these concerns on her. She falls in love, and um, but it but it can't be can't come to be just yet, and so she's just got a lot weighing on her mm-hmm. that she's trying to keep together. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the very of course naturalistic look since it's of course set 200 years ago. They have to make everything look very very natural, so natural light, a lot of open windows, open doors, uh, a lot of diffused light inside, and a lot of candlelight at night. And so obviously they're they're faking some of the light with electricity because it's a movie. They have lights that they're shining on these actors, but it never. Feels like it. Right. It Feels very authentic and 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 uh, period appropriate. Which yeah, it really was does. Really gorgeous. Um, it's. Uh, I also loved the quiet of it. Like, there's a great score, a really gorgeous score from Patrick Doyle, who did. Don't. That's my. That's my. Gig. Um, for who did other movies that we'll talk about later. Um, but it's it's such a quiet movie. Like the score comes up a few times in like some big moments and some traveling montages, but so many sequences and and scenes are really really quiet. And let you just kind of like live in that moment. Yeah. Like an Angley really kind of digs in to just the slow rhythm of that existence. Mm-hmm. Like there's a great moment where early on uh, when Edward, who's played by Hugh Grant, uh, who's a, a, a clergyman, that Eleanor falls in No, he's no, not a clergyman. Not yet. Not yet. He wants he to be. He doesn't become a clergyman yeah. until the very end. He wants he's, to be. He's a, um, a gentleman. He's a gentleman, yeah. So uh, Eleanor, of course, winds up falling in love with him. And there's a moment where he's. How could you not? He's visiting and he's playing with the young daughter, uh, Margaret. They're like, you know, sword fighting out in the yard and Eleanor's watching. And there's no music. There's no like little twinkles of violins or something like she's in love or whatever. It's just, it's a soft, quiet moment of just her watching that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of great stuff like that. Um, I thought Kate Winslet was amazing and did a great job. Um, She's so good in this role. She's, you know, brash and young and outspoken and just gets her heart broken and is just like going 90 miles an hour
0: she's outspoken gets her heart broken heck yeah i don't Marianne dashwood
1: yep that's the song i wrote before this podcast and now that you've sung it you've stolen the copyright and i'm not (laughs) okay with that at all um but she's gorgeous too like she's so young um and she does such a good job because this is pre-titanic by a couple of years um so like she was not well known in the states when this came out yes she was probably known to like
0: Because of heavenly creatures, yeah.
1: So she was known to like uh, probably like foreign audiences and some you know film critics and stuff. But she was she was not a name in the U.S. in any way. Well,
0: can I tell you uh, something real quick? Sure. She was turned down. She was like, I want to be, I want to audition for Marianne. They're like, Are you fucking kidding me? What are you twelve? And she's like. Can I try out for Lucy Steele? Lucy Steele is the character that is supposed to marry Edward Ferris because they got engaged when they were like 12. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. That, that's what's
1: keeping Ellen from marrying Edward. Yeah.
0: And so they're like, yeah, you can audition for that. So she goes into the audition. And pretends that she doesn't know that it's for Lucy Steele. Mm-hmm. And she auditions as Marianne. <laughs> and that one, they were like, boom. They're like, we have to have you. Yes.
1: Yeah. So she just bullshitted her way through the audition. Yeah. that's like, my, Oh, I made a mistake. Oops. That's my
0: kind of girl. Like, and, she was yeah. like, oh, yeah. Uh, Ang Lee did not like her work in Heavenly Creatures. And so he was like, absolutely not. No. Mm-hmm. And so she went in on and won the part based on a single reading.
1: Damn she's so good she's great um, and I mean I uh, I think she's a really really good performer even she when is. Oh. even when I've seen her in movies that like I maybe haven't enjoyed the movie overall the first instance that comes to mind it was a few years ago she was in that Steve Jobs movie um I thought she gave a really really solid performance in that as Steve Jobs is like as a colleague executive yeah. yeah even though I didn't really dig the movie overall itself anyway um great cast. I loved. Uh, of course, Hugh Grant is, is so incredibly charming and affable. The role um, was written for him. I believe it. It's it's because
0: it's... they're really good friends, and she's like, I want him to be this
1: person. Yeah, which makes total sense. Like, yeah, she does a great job. She she does such a great job. But Angley with... had
0: to sit on yeah. him.
1: Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. He was
0: like, tune tune it down, mm-hmm. take it down. Yeah, he's down. He's very
1: very holds a lot in. He's he clearly holds a lot in, and you realize, of course, as the story goes on, why he is because. He's got this engagement from his past that he's dealing with, he's and he's got these parents. He's got these parents, I like he's dealing way. with a lot of stuff. So, yeah. um, I also I also loved the performance by Alan Rickman oh. as Colonel Brandon, oh. who is uh, who's uh, a former army buddy of the uh, you know the mom's cousin that they're staying with, and so he comes to visit, and Colonel Brandon takes a shine to Marianne, and. I crying like that. Likes person. her and keeps trying to be like, Hey Marianne, what's up? Do you wanna go on a picnic and maybe kiss a little? And she's like, Hard no. Like she's like, No, thank you, sir. I like this other dude. Like he's getting like kicked left and right. But he just keeps keeps going after her, and he's so charming and sweet and great. And uh, I know that of course it's it's funny to watch because generationally, you know, your your on screen match of Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson could either be this or love actually or the harry potter movies
0: yeah sorry i thought you were just saying the only, never mind yes yes
1: but this of course is way way better than all of those yes this is very good
0: the reason that so i cho- the reason that i chose this movie um one of the reasons actually really was one of the reasons was because this tis the season of love actually And I think we're all a little tired Uh of watching Emma Thompson get dicked over by her husband, Alan Rickman. R.I.P. Rant. Here comes a rant. Rant. Oh, shit. And I also say, fie upon you millennials and Zoomers who are like, Alan Rickman is Snape. And I'm like, fuck you. Alan Rickman had a huge career well before Harry Ford. Fucking Potter, and I don't want to hear anything about goddamn Snape or any of the other. There's a lot of Harry Potter people in these movies. I mean, in this movie, and guess what? This movie was before Harry Potter. It also won Oscars and was, you know, good. Yeah. So don't give me your Harry Potter bullshit. I don't want to hear anything about it. And frankly, I think Alan Rickman is in heaven right now, going. Thank you very much, Tracy, because I don't want to be remembered as Snape. I did a lot of wonderful movies, and they were not all this ridiculous book character. And I'm like, You're welcome, Alan Rickman, and I love you.
1: Whoa. That went so many directions at the end. I'm just saying. That was amazing.
0: I'm just saying. No, I hear you. I hear you. I read all the Harry Potter books. I saw the first two movies, and I was like, Enough. That's Mm -hmm. enough first of all you're not getting any of the characters i just enough shenanigans Mm -hmm. and i also cannot take this man who is a classically trained brilliant amazing actor Mm -hmm. and just be like oh snape Mm -hmm. um no yeah no
1: yeah yeah and that's that's uh
0: and that's what so you know Mm -hmm. yeah i'm being i'm being a mean old Xer right now and i'm saying get off my lawn
1: and I'm with you because I'm on the cusp, too, because I'm an old millennial. Yeah. So I was in, like, high school when Harry Potter came out and then college when the movies were coming out. So, like, I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is clearly not for me. Yeah. And I saw the first movies and I was like, I'm 15 years too old to be watching this. Yeah. What's happening? So, like, I've read all the books, seen all the movies. I get why folks dig it, but man alive, not for me. Yeah, Uh, this
0: podcast is not a Harry Potter podcast. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, do I
1: think the people like Alan Rickman uh, were enjoyable and good? Yeah, they had a good time. You cast great actors like that; they're just gonna like fucking coast through the movie and like chew it up. But I don't want them to be remembered. No, no I agree. He's a he's a genius actor, and he's so good in this because it's really madly deeply. It's worth talking about because you know another big pop culture thing that, of course, he's often referenced to is Die Hard. Um, as Hans Gruber. <laughs>
0: no, just you.
1: No, it's, it's a lot of people. We're out there. So it's great to it's great to remember that, uh, you know, obviously we, we remember these actors, even if they're gone, for like some of their major pop culture roles, the big the big ones like that. But it's nice to see them and remember them in all these other types of roles I they have. I literally
0: never think of him in Die Hard. Really? Never. It's Hans Gruber. Yeah, I don't care. Oh. I think of him in all of the amazing uh, period films he was in, in... His, I mean, I think of him in, like I said, in Truly, Madly, Deeply, which I love so much. I don't I know what that is. I think of him in, well, he's wonderful. Um, so what else do you have to say?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, n- not a ton else. I mean, we can chat about it as we go through the, through the movie, but.
0: Because I have 20 pages. Yeah, we,
1: maybe, <laughs> I don't know if we'll get to all of them. <laughs> but, uh, gonna get to everything. There was, uh, there was this wonderful, wonderful scene toward the end where uh, Eleanor, Emma Thompson, and Edward, Hugh Grant, can't be together yet, but They've tried to be they've tried to get together for the whole movie. They've just like it's been off and on, back and forth, and like mm-hmm. arrivals and departures, etc. And finally they're together just alone in the room and they're framed together, sitting, you know, across from each other in just this nice medium shot. And so they're finally visually together. We get to see them in the same image, the same frame. For the first time in like an hour and a half. And it's like a relief. We're like, oh, they're finally together again. Well, they're
0: not together.
1: Visually together again.
0: Visually together. Yes. They're yes. finally
1: visually together. They're in the same place. Because it hasn't happened in an hour and a half. Yes. And uh, so... The, but all, there's all this tension between them. Because they still can't be together narratively. And he, he's got stuff going on and she knows about and like there's all these secrets that they do and don't know and aren't talking about and the things she has to send him away with and it's just there's all this great amazing tension between them and there's no cuts in the scene yeah it's just them talking and i love the performances like because they're so good, but they're not showy. They're nobody goes over the top here. Well, unless like, they're,
0: unless they are supposed to go. Yeah. Over the you top. Know, yeah
1: like, you, you know what like I mean? But like, they're so well directed and they're just, it's such a great moment. Like it plays with the rhythms of the emotions, and the conversation. Like I'm sure they, again, you know, rehearse. I'm sure they shot it a few times, but it's so great and honest and there's so much going on. And, you know, the, you, cause you know what they've all been through by this point in the movie. And so you're just like hanging on every word. Uh, and it's such a great scene because Ang Lee's like, I'm just going to sit this camera down and we're just going to like watch y'all have this moment. And it's so perfectly done. I was like, this is great. Like there were so many great moments like that in this movie. So yeah, I thought it was a great movie and I'm really glad that I saw it. I thought it was awesome.
0: It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. yeah, thank you
1: for showing it to me. It was fantastic. Well, mm-hmm. well,
0: I cannot take credit for the majesty of, uh, well, for the genius of Lindsay Duran or Lindsay Doran. Uh Lindsay Doran is uh the producer. And um she loved Austin, loved loves Austin's novels, and she loves Emma Thompson. She produced um she was she produced Dead Again, which is if you hadn't seen, oh, I would show yeah. you because it is so
1: fabulous. So classic. So fabulous. I saw I that. Highly recommended. Oh my god, great. You saw that as
0: a kid. Well, not
1: like a Probably young, like maybe middle school, early high oh, okay. school. Okay, well that's fine. Yeah, not like kindergarten. Well, I don't know. You're weird. It's all kid. Everything under eighteen um, is kid.
0: So she was like, "I want you to write the screenplay." And Emma Thompson's like, "What are you high? I'm not like, I can't write this thing." Like, and Thompson's like, "How about we do Persuasion or Emma or something?" And and Lindsay's like, "No, we're going to do Sense and Sensibility." And so um, she, Emma Thompson spent five years drafting numerous revisions and she actually worked with a lot of the actors that they ended up casting they would they would step they would help her they they were collaborating yes um and uh i love that uh in fact where do i have it i have it in here somewhere um hugh laurie uh um hugh grant Mm -hmm. um lots of people all the hughes anyway the hughes (laughs) it was a hugh movie um so Duran goes around, she's like, hey, I've got this great movie. And everyone's like, what are you, high?" Like, we Emma Thompson's never written anything. And she said no, but she's just won an Oscar for um, uh, Howard's End. And she was in Remains of the Day and was nominated. She was nominated for Remains of the Day and for... Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what was the other movie that she was nominated for? And she got... Help me out. I have so many pages. I have... Oh, here we go. In the Name of the Father. Um, Oh, yeah. So she was already nominated. Mm -hmm. And... And, uh... So she's like, well, it's not that big of a... Come on. You know, give me. So Columbia Pictures executive Amy Pascal, who we love, supported Thompson's work and agreed to sign on as the producer and distributor. Um... Sorry, that was me. Uh let me see what's what's interesting let me talk about let me talk about ang lee getting the gig um so (laughs) they went through 15 they uh interviewed 15 directors but according to duran taiwanese director lee was one of the few who recognized austin's humor she's really fucking funny oh
1: yeah that's that's uh real quick that's worth noting i think too because there can there might be a misconception that this is uh, just it's a, a pe- drama. just a period drama, you know, because of course there's a lot of romance and drama in this, and it, and there's a there might be a misconception uh, for folks who haven't seen it or aren't familiar that it's just that drama, yeah. but it's really funny. Yeah, there's tons of jokes. Like yes. it's it's so many great moments. Like it's the humor's perfect. So yes. I think that's a really good, interesting observation.
0: Lee said um, he wanted the film to quote break people's hearts so badly that they'll still be recovering from it two months later. Yeah. And I was, let me tell you, I was 18 years old. Okay, I can't even get into that yet. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> like, we're going to be here for three hours. Um, and he says, in some ways, I probably know that 19th century world better than English people today, because I grew up with one foot still in that feudal society. Think about where I grew up. Mm. Of course, the dry sense of humor, the sense of decorum, the social code is different. But the essence of social repression against free will, I grew up with that. Um, from the beginning, Duran wanted sense and sensibility to appeal to both a core of Austin aficionados as well as younger viewers attracted to romantic comedy films. moi. She felt that Lee's involvement prevented the film from becoming just some little English movie that appealed only to local audiences instead of to a wider world. Lee said, I thought they were crazy. I was brought up in Taiwan. What do I know about 19th century England? About halfway through the script, it started to make sense why they chose me. In my films, he did "Pushing Hands," "The Wedding Banquet," and "Eat, Drink, Man, Woman," which explored the relationships and conflicts between tradition and modernity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in my films, I've been trying to mix social satire and family drama. I realized that all along, I'd been trying to do Jane Austen without knowing it. Jane Austen was my destiny. I just had to overcome the cultural barrier, which That's I fascinating. love. Yeah uh so um and when he was not nominated for best director which he should have been because it got a lot of nominations for oscars
1: that's a damn shame the
0: taiwanese went nuts and they were like this is because uh this is racist and blah 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 and he actually came out and was like i don't want to hear any of that i don't want you to complain i don't want any thing said against this film I don't, don't stand up and say that they were racist and I should have this. I don't want to hear any of that. And I thought that was classy as fuck. Um, so
1: Emma Thompson. Oh yeah. This came, it came out in 95. Yeah. Braveheart.
0: Braveheart. Yeah, well, Braveheart like ran so away with everything. So they chose a racist instead Hello. of
1: yeah, Braveheart won. being that's racist. Braveheart was 95 and it won director for Mel Gibson as yeah, well as yeah, picture. Yeah. And ah, uh, that's what it was.
0: But see, but our little film was nominated for Best Actress, Emma Thompson, Best mm-hmm. Cinematography, Michael Coulter, Best Costume Design, Best Original Dramatic score of Patrick Doyle. It was his first nomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, Best Picture, Best Supporting Actress, Kate Winslet, and Best Adapted Screenplay Writing, Emma Thompson, which she won. That's the um, only one
1: it won in terms of the Oscars. Yes, it is so deserving of all of those nominations. I know. Like those were all fa- the cinematography. Oh my God, it's
0: it did win. Good, it did win nice. Best Film, um,
1: in the Baftas. Oh, that makes sense. I figured it would take some Baftas home. Yeah, and
0: it won Best Motion Picture Drama in the Globes. For the Globes, yeah, and she won Best Screenplay for the Globes
1: yeah they're foreign
0: um yeah they're foreign
1: it's 90 it's 90 unknown people in a room getting movie stars drunk i know and yeah that makes sense
0: um so what they had to do um thompson was not going to be in the movie she's like no 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 you're crazy i'm not going to be in this movie i'm way way too old oh she was just going to write yeah because oh, okay. the uh character of eleanor is supposed to be 19 years old I did and not know that. she was 35. Yeah, she doesn't look... <laughs> she's that. like, guys, listen, we can stretch a lot of stuff with lights right. and makeup, but let's get real.
1: Right. Like, she's like, I look 15 years older than Kate Winslet because I am. How are we going to... So know?
0: what they did was they had her character be 27, which... which Is I that thought, ever mentioned? No, but that's the idea they, okay because it's she's supposed to be a spinster
1: yeah and the word spinster is used at Quit one point. yelling at me i'm sorry the word spinster is used at one point
0: yes so they made her 27 i thought she was in her 30s no huh. um they made her 27 and um they um <laughs> so yeah these are these are the ones that helped her conceptualize the script uh hugh grant robert hardy as sir john Middleton, who's. Fucking hilarious. Oh yeah,
1: that old man is off the rails.
0: Um Harriet Walter, who plays Fanny Ferris Dashwood, who's evil, but apparently awesome. Uh emelda staunton they for your Harry Potter people. Um oh my
1: god, yeah, she is in Harry Potter.
0: As Charlotte so is uh so is my favorite Mrs. Jennings. As who? Uh she's in the Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. I don't know as who. I could give a shit, man, but I'm just saying. I yeah. love her. Uh, and Hugh Laurie as Mr. Palmer, married to Emma. Love and Hugh Laurie, and he is so commenting on the casting of Laurie, whom she knew for years. Thompson said, "There is no one else on the planet who could capture Mr. Palmer's disenchantment and redemption so perfectly and make it funny." If you want to know what my dad would have been like in 1811, mm-hmm. just look at Hugh Laurie's character in yeah. uh, *Sense and
1: Sensibility*. Just, just there, just like, just let me do my thing. Man. Caustic wit. Mm-hmm.
0: I could like his wife is just nonstop talking and he's like, I wish that you would she's yeah. like <laughs> Oh, if
2: only this rain would stop.
1: Only you would stop. Yeah. I'm like, Am I watching my parents? What's <laughs> yeah, happening? It's really funny. Yeah. He just delivers it so well. <laughs> Again, a good example of the great humor.
0: But he's know. a very good, kind man. Totally. Um, in the in the book and the movie.
1: Oh yeah. Um he's not a dick, like he's a he's a sweet character. Yes, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Patrick Doyle, when you hear, okay, if you are, like me, a soundtrack nerd, when you first hear this, you're like, well, this is Patrick Doyle, because I've seen Henry V, I've seen Much mm-hmm. Do About Nothing, I've seen Dead Again, uh, so he had done those three movies with with Emma Thompson, as well as her ex-husband, Kenneth Branagh. We're going to get to that, believe me. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I am Team Thompson, bitch, okay? yeah um so doyle says that he wrote a score that reflected the film's events he said you had this middle class english motif and with the music you would have occasional outbursts of emotion just Uh like you were saying Mm -hmm. uh he said the score becomes a little more grown up as the story progresses to one of maturity and an emotional catharsis the score contains romantic elements and has been described by national public radio as a restricted compass of emotions
1: That's exactly what I would say.
0: That's what you said when you were watching the movie, I think.
1: I can't tell you how many times in my brief tenure as a a critic I said, this is a restricted compass of emotions. (laughs) (laughs) You you said that at our wedding. (laughs) People would write me emails and say, listen, man, you've got to stop describing things as a restricted compass of emotions. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just he, do what I call things.
0: He writes two beautiful songs that I'm not going to get into uh, mm-hmm. that Marianne sings. And I'll play one of them he um, wrote those. at the end. He wrote those, oh. um, adapted from 17th century poems. wrote the songs in all the movies he wrote the songs in much do about nothing and, i know that and, but like like the actual songs song. yeah
1: i know that i just like you know i didn't know that because i knew he did the score for this but those songs were you know old i just thought they were like old songs from the 1800s Weep
0: you no more, sad fountains. yeah
1: no it just sounds like it's from well, so I then did a
0: good job um you hear them on the soundtrack uh sung by dramatic soprano jane england england who makes me cry every time um, he got his first Academy Award nomination for his score. So, take that
1: dick and suck on it, Kenneth Branagh.
0: Whoa, shit. That's what I'm saying.
1: Were, were she and Kenneth Branagh still it up by this point? Boy, I'm going to tell you. Just okay, because I don't you. remember when that happened. I'm not there yet, okay? Okay, shit.
0: Okay, goddamn. Right. fucking choose fine. Thompson's first husband was the actor and director Kenneth Branagh, who she met in 1987 while filming the television series Fortunes of War. They got married in 89, and they were... Co- Like dubbed the golden couple. Why are you talking like you're
1: recapping the Real Housewives?
0: By the British media. Because this is how I feel. (laughs) They were the golden couple. They tried to keep their relationship private. They refused to be interviewed or photographed together. And then in 95, they announced they'd been separated. Why? Because that son of a bitch Uh had been cheating Uh on
1: my girl Uh with Helena Bonham Carter. Is this the second rant of the episode? Rant number 2. Oh no, this is a two ranter. He
0: had been cheating on
1: her with Helen upon him.
0: Now listen to this. Listen to how my girl gets it back. Uh-oh. She gets her groove back.
1: Bring it. What would she do?
0: She was living alone. She entered uh, when he uh, like as her relationship deteriorated. She entered a clinical depression. Uh-huh. While filming Sense and Sensibility in 95, she begins a relationship with who? I don't know. Willoughby. Co-star Greg that Wise. That dude. That motherfucking hot piece of man but ooh! That, oh.
1: that guy is really pretty. He's
0: bonkers, bonkers he's handsome. He's
1: a very, very attractive man.
0: Yeah. So she was like, "I'm gonna give me some of that." And Damn. they are still married. They're still married. They have a kid.
1: Way to go, Emma Thompson. That's what
0: I'm saying. He's she says like
1: obviously like it's the movies. Everybody's like you know attractive no. unless they're hired to not be attractive. He's insane. But like he's he has very pretty eyes mm-hmm. and floppy hair. And you're like Willoughby. who is this guy and what's great is like he shows up out of he's the fucking broke nowhere in the movie like he just like rides up one day and you're like he's p- p- just fallen out of the forest these these guys in the english countryside yeah um well go emma thompson go she ahead she
0: says work saved me and greg saved me he picked up the pieces and put them together again
1: okay that's really sweet do you love that they're still together yeah i'm going to look him up now
0: they have a daughter named gaia and I think it's wonderful, and he is devastatingly attractive, and she, uh, and of course,
1: Greg Wise, married an 'o three. Kenneth
0: Branagh is. Oh, here's not... an unfortunate
1: photo of him with a soul patch. That was a bad choice. Well, Greg, anyway. we all make mistakes.
0: So Michael Coulter, nominated for an Oscar for *Sense and Sensibility*. Here are some movies that you may know that he did. He did Maleficent. If you saw it, he did love actually. This is the DP? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. This is a, so mm-hmm. he did um Mansfield Park, he did Notting Hill, since uh, Sensibility, Being Human, Four Weddings and a Funeral, which okay. you know. Um <laughs> Why did you say it like that? I don't know, because there's something wrong with me. <laughs> this movie
1: which you know This movie
0: which you love, don't pretend you don't. Okay. Um and uh, and I think he did a hell of a job, a hell of a job with this one. Um, yeah,
1: they got, like, by the way, the only non-rainy days in England I've ever seen. Like, it's gorgeous. Yeah, they had to
0: bring in rain machines. It's
1: gorgeous.
0: Um, our editor, Tim Squires. Could he be more? Well, he's American. Well, sorry, Tim.
1: Um, <laughs> That's prejudicial <laughs> that against is. the Squires family. It
0: is. Sorry. Especially since they're from New Jersey.
1: Oh, sorry. Hey. Hey, Timmy hey, Squires.
0: Hey, Timmy. Timmy Squires. He'll Timmy. fucking kill you. He edited all of Ang Lee's films except for Brokeback
1: Mountain. Damn, really missed the boat on that one, Tim. D- I know. So got he an did Oscar.
0: Wedding Banquet, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, Sense, Sensibility, Ride with the Devil, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm-hmm. which if you ever see with subtitles, I mean, without subtitles, if you see it dubbed, I will beat you to death.
1: Yeah. Always. The, what is the rule? The rule is subs, not dubs.
0: That's excellent, baby. I didn't
1: come up with that. It's on the internet, but that's the rule.
0: Subs, not dubs, babies. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's all remember that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hire, Hulk... Lust, Caution, Taking Woodstock, Life of Pi, blah, blah, blah.
1: And Ang Lee, I'm sorry, like, there's a weird turn in his career, like, from the 90s to, like, post-90s. Like, the types of movies and the quality of movie, like, he's, and now he's on, like, this experimental film kick of, like, shooting at, like, 48 frames a second, 120 frames a second. Like, he did Gemini Man and Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. He just feels so different from the guy that would make this Jane Austen movie. Yeah. It's insane. Mm.
0: Well, everybody's doing it
1: everybody's everybody's shooting at 120 frames a second now (laughs) i don't get out of bed for less than 200 frames a second
0: um i am oh did you and you recognize of course james fleet from um four weddings he plays the brother Mm -hmm. um john dashwood um let me see i was trying to see if there was anything in this that i wanted to oh yeah okay so this is a piece from vox uh in 2017 by Alyssa wilkinson oh, yeah. at Alyssa marie oh you know Alyssa wilkinson
1: yeah Aly- oh, well not i don't know know her but she's a really good writer
0: uh, she is a really good writer mm-hmm. well hooray mm-hmm. uh she says eleanor and marianne represent the two ideas in the title eleanor is all sense and responsibility while marianne is a swirling bundle of romance and passion Their dramatic change in circumstances, which Thompson's script exaggerates slightly to help modern audiences understand it, doesn't diminish their learnings. And even a country cottage in England looks like a very nice house to our eyes. If anything, it exaggerates them. Eleanor must now be more responsible with her father gone and her mother mostly useless. Marianne's imagination has much more space to run wild. And yet sense and sensibility are really two sides of the same coin, a kind of yin and yang that have to interact for people to ever experience true happiness. Marianne must learn some sense to mm-hmm. recognize her true love. And Eleanor must succumb just a little to impractical passion to find her own. Who could forget Thompson's gasps of joy when her greatest hopes come to fruition? And actually, Oh, oh interesting God. point.
1: I want to talk about that scene.
0: Um, yeah. So when, um, when Hugh Grant declares his love for her, she is crying and she told Hugh, she said, don't, please don't be upset. I, I'm going to cry because this is how, this is uh, the kind of emotion that I felt when my father died. I need to do this. This is, this is really important because he was really, he was like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. why are you? And Ang Lee fucking loved it. Oh, and so his only direction was that she not turn her face towards the camera. Yeah. Uh And it worked perfectly because when she finally does and she has this look of joy on her face Mm -hmm. after she's been sobbing Mm -hmm. and he says, I've, you know, I've always been yours. Yeah. Oh, my. It's an an amazing moment
1: because, again, I don't think we're spoiling anything from a 200 year old novel or a 25 year old movie (laughs) that the two main.
0: You can rent a car. Sense and sensibility.
1: I don't. Oh, yeah. There it is. Uh, That the two main women wind up happily married at the end. Um, but there's, there's this great moment, you know, toward the end where, uh, Hugh Grant's character, Edward comes and he's finally able, he's finally unattached. He's finally free to confess his love and his feelings to Eleanor. And he's like, you know, Eleanor. Um, and it's amazing because she realizes he's, he's free and available and there and, and has these feelings for her. And it would be so easy and understandable for her to like burst into a smile or to cry a little and then like run and hug him or something, or for it to just be like, joy directed at him yeah but she collapses and it's amazing because Mm she i I was writing this holding it in yeah i was writing this earlier these notes Uh, emma thompson is so wonderful full of longing and desire and she's holding it all in the first major crack appears when she admits to marianne how long she's known about edward's engagement and how she was sworn to secrecy Ooh. and couldn't talk about it she's almost vomiting she can't even stand up straight she's in so much pain yeah and so when Edward finally arrives at the end and reveals he's unmarried the damn breaks and it's so good and honest because yes she's happy and relieved that he's unmarried but she can't just burst into a smile or run to him because of all she's been through and carried the weight of it and the toll of it just collapses her and she has to she just falls over for a minute yeah and cries yeah and but and, and she because she's loved him for so long, wanted him for so long, thought she couldn't have because of this engagement has tried. It's just been so many ups and downs. And so finally for it to be there, yes, of course she's happy. And when she finally turns her face to him, she's smiling and it's this amazing, joyful moment. Yes, But it's so rich because the moment acknowledges everything she's been through and it's deeper and truer for that. It's not just like, I'm here and I love you. Oh, yay. And they hug. Like yes. it, it lets you, the audience member, like sit with her and be like, I've been with you on this Two-hour journey, yes. you know, like it's so good. But then you are not married.
2: No. <laughs> I met Lucy when I was very young. Had I had an active profession, I should never have felt such an idle, foolish inclination. My behaviour at Norland was very wrong, but I convinced myself that you felt any friendship for me, and that it was my heart alone that I was risking. I've come here with no expectations, only to profess now that I am at liberty to do so. That my heart is, and always will be, yours.
1: And it's it's so unusual, because so many of the movies, romantic dramedies even, would not have done that. Right. And it's just fucking amazing choice. Oh my god. I agree. I loved that moment so much
0: um devony looser um, not a name not a person devony looser okay that's what it says from culture oh shit this must be from something that's
1: oh the culture section of some website tbd
0: sorry i'll get to it but at least i said your name i love you google it oh, oh it's the atlantic i'm sorry oh, it's, the, it's atlantic. the atlantic you're fine oh okay uh writes about sens- sensibility and Jane Austen's accidental feminists. Now this happened, this was Emma Thompson, because um our two main dudes who we love, because Willoughby, although we kind of fall in love with him, he's he's a he's a black. He's a bit of a shit. And a and a and a bad bad man. Well, he's a bit of a shit. And um but uh Brandon and Edward are not the men in the book that they are in the film, not the, oh. in the film. That they are the book. They're a, they're a lot more uptight.
1: In what the book of the movie? In the book. Oh well, that makes sense.
0: Um, and so Emma brings them out a little bit, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's very.
1: Um, well, I could see that because you'd mentioned uh, from another previous essay you cited a few minutes ago about how when she was working up the characters of Eleanor and Marianne, she did not modernize them outright, but she she heightened some of their differences. For modern audiences. Yeah. So it would kind of be a little clearer.
0: This says, okay, so uh Looser, Looser? Yeah. Looser says that she deliberately imbued Austin's first publi- published heroes with qualities that either they didn't have in the novel or didn't have to the same degree. Egalitarian attitude towards women and affection for children and emotional sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Ain't no woman gonna go see a movie with a bunch of guys that are like, sit down and be quiet, woman. We're like, mm-hmm. sorry what? Um, sorry what? Um, that's not gonna work for me. Uh, this is interesting to see what *Sense and Sensibility*. This is what you're talking about. To see what uh, *Sense and was up against, it's useful to remember that the Oscar-winning Best Picture of '96 was Mel Gibson's *Braveheart*. Yeah, *Braveheart* has not stood the test of time, having once been declared the worst movie ever to win Best Picture. Gibson's, Hello, crash. Will- Jeez, whatever. Gibson's William Wallace, loosely based on the historical 13th century Scottish warrior, now looks like a chest thumping cross between Thor, he wishes, Fabio, and Rambo. The critic William Lure has summed up the film as offering viewers a conservative, if not reactionary, masculinity and an excessively violent reaction to a moment when traditional manhood itself was imagined as under attack. Sense and Sensibility set out to do something different. It made male receptiveness to female needs and desires and a commitment to proto-gender equality seem both incredibly attractive <laughs> and historically inevitable. Which I agree. Ooh, I think that this is a book that we should read. Ooh. There's an essay. It's an essay book for a 1998, 1998 book, Jane Austen in Hollywood. Okay. I bet that's really good. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. We should read that and then report on it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's you see how much Edward enjoys Margaret, uh, Emily Francois um, he manages to coax her out she's 11 and uh, he manages to coax her out of her doom and gloom after her father dies And Margaret, has always wanted to travel
2: uh, I know, she's uh, heading an expedition to China shortly, I'm up to go as her servant but only on the understanding that I will be very badly treated <laughs> What will your duties be? Sword fighting, obviously. Administering ramen. (laughs) Swabbing. Which of those duties will take
0: Colonel Brandon is this, as he puts it, as she puts it, enigmatic manliness and strong but silent cosmopolitanism. Uh, That
1: can't be a word. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah, you, uh... You're talking about Willoughby or Brandon, right? Brandon? Brandon. Yeah, when Brandon showed up on screen, you were, uh fixated
0: well i started crying for a while yeah you cried for a while i miss while. him terribly yeah I
1: don't blame you.
0: um yeah this is just a great i i highly recommend that y'all look this up it's a yeah february 21st 2016 devony Lucer in the atlantic culture i you should read this whole thing because it's very good and i'm not going to read the whole thing but i do want to talk about and there he goes uh literally just got up and left I've absolutely no idea what just happened
1: um I had to cough and I didn't want to do it into a hot mic
0: okay that was I just thought you were like I'm done I
1: just fucking got tired of the conversation <laughs> said everything so I, I watched say. the movie already jeez just ugh no I'm kidding
0: I wanted to say that when this movie came out and and, and we have some listeners who uh, knew me when this movie came out um I will not name you nor will I hug you don't worry um but uh, I was very powerfully affected because I was very much like Miss Marianne. Just everything mm-hmm. was. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I think, hello. <laughs> I think I've gotten a no, little you, no. more. Sed- All right. Um, I was just the just pure romantic, and I had been, I had been done done ill by a blackguard myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Fucking blackguards, man. And uh, he was a bad guy who took advantage of my, of my love and my um, devotion. And it was, so this movie was basically perfect because I was able to, it's kind of like giving smack to a heroin addict. I was like, I just watched it over and over and over again and cried. I even painted, I used to have it memorized. I don't anymore. But um, I painted. I got my friends in the education department to get me a big, huge piece of a big, long, huge piece of She's paper. She's waving her arms right now. I am showing you how big so you it was. You can see how big it is. You see how big it is. It's right up there. Um, and I got paints, mm-hmm. and I did a what I thought was a very beautiful painting of of Shakespeare's sonnet one sixteen, um, which they that hung quote in, this movie. in my in my room in. Uh, in Maybe Hall at yeah. Southwestern University, I'm going to read the sonnet to you because it is beautiful, and it is uh, it is Shakespeare's um, sonnet about true love, about really about true love. That's that's what it is. Let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Love is not love which alters when it alteration finds, or bends with the remover to remove. Oh no, it is an ever-fixed mark that looks on tempests and is never shaken. It is the star to every wandering bark, whose worth's unknown, although his height be taken. Love's not time's fool, though rosy, cheeks, rosy lips and cheeks within his bending sickle's compass come. Love alters not with his brief hours and weeks, but bears it out even to the edge of doom. If this be error and upon me proved, I never writ nor no man ever loved. And I was done. I was like, well, that's it for me.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, to have gone through what you went through with like an ex-boyfriend and then this movie comes out and you see a character that you identify with so much and she goes through a similar thing, like...
2: Is not love which alters when its alteration finds or bends with a remover to remove. Oh no. It is an ever-fixing mark that looks on tempests and is never shaken. <laughs> Will it be? Will it be?
1: that's the timing of that when that happens with a movie or a book or a an album like it just sticks into you yeah you know yeah we've all got those you know and it's completely separate from whether or not the thing winds up being any good or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this happens to be an amazing movie, you know? Yeah. But it could have been a crappy movie that just, like, fit with you timing-wise. But, like...
0: I have excellent taste no, in I know... my I'm-going-to-kill-myself movies. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. No, no, no. Uh, yeah,
1: it's, uh, but I totally know what you mean, you know? That's that's perfect timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It was a beautiful... It was a, it was a beautiful film to help me through uh, a bad bad time and uh and i just i just don't think they uh they make them like that anymore
1: they usually don't i mean they do they're just on netflix and hulu that's true that's the thing like they uh i mean like Anglier or or no like you wouldn't even get like you couldn't even do this with like an indie label now because like a24 annapurna it's not edgy enough like this yeah. would have to be which is not to knock those labels. I love those labels and they put, they put out some really good movies. But uh, this would have to be on Netflix or Hulu, you know. This would be an indie. It would play festivals and then it would be discovered with video on demand. Like it wouldn't – wouldn't, true. You wouldn't go theatrical with this in 2020. And that's a shame because we've talked about this before many times, especially talking about movies from the 80s and 90s. I think most recently probably came up talking about French Kiss. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mainstream cinema for – uh grown-ups you know yes uh what you know non-franchise even adaptations from novels but like you know fresh ip like it just doesn't happen in theaters like it used to true. so yeah like this one of the things that i'm i know i'm repeating myself from the french kiss episode but it's also fun to watch movies like this and you know it is like time traveling in a way because yes theatrical movies like this are very rare these days i went know? and saw
0: this with elizabeth reedmuller a and she and I were both just entranced.
1: Sup, Liz. How you doing?
0: It's awesome person.
1: We've never met, but hello.
0: She does not listen. I doubt she listens to this, but she's fucking awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. Way to go, Liz.
0: Um, I got to tell you something that you're not going to like.
1: What the? No, don't tell me.
0: Patrick Doyle um, actually Is did dead? the music oh. for a Harry Potter movie. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm not surprised. It's England. <laughs> no, I think a... everybody in England worked on a Harry Potter, like everybody in New Zealand worked on Lord of the Rings. You know who
0: didn't and who has my ultimate respect? I don't think Hugh... John Cleese. I don't think Hugh Laurie did. Okay. And I will fucking love him forever. For I him. don't. Th-
1: I don't know if he did either.
0: Thank you, Hugh Laurie, mm-hmm. for having some fucking balls.
1: Yep. Did Stephen Fry do a? i I don't think so so actually
0: Stephen fry saved this movie because that's insensibility yes what because he was hanging out with hugh laurie at his house right emma thompson uh lost her whole screenplay on her computer oh fuck and calls no cloud calls Stephen fry who apparently is a major computer nerd Uh and she's like you've got to help me and he's like i've got it oh and saves it
1: Way to go, Stephen Fry! I know that Oscar's partly his. It is. Damn! It I is. love random stuff like that. That's awesome. I
0: know, and who doesn't love Stephen Fry?
1: He's fucking brilliant. He's hilarious this and brilliant. Is what I'm is. saying. Uh, yeah, this was this is a great, great movie. Like, it, really it is, is. It's uh, it's rentable on things like Amazon and, and iTunes. It, I think it's actually currently streaming on Showtime. If you have Showtime as well. Oh. Um, but it is. It's a great movie. It, it's gorgeous. It's it's well acted. It's well written. Like, yeah. Can't say enough great things about it. It's a really great time. And, again, it says so much about it in that, like, yeah, if you were to step back and, and go into it, like, really, you know, cynically, you're like, I bet things are going to work out for these characters, you know? Of course. Like, but, you know, I really was, like, worried about what was going to happen. I was hanging on what was going to happen. That's a good what was when uh when Kate Winslet when Marianne is, is sick from from being out in the rain I was like oh shit what's gonna happen is she gonna die like I was really worried and then the revelations at the end with like he's not engaged and it's the like I was like man that was great great moment like you feel we the relief him,
0: we took him on a on a you feel the relief yeah we took him on a roller coaster ride guys it was pretty it's, great
1: yeah and that, it's again all credit to the acting and the writing and the directing like it's just a great 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 uh movie great piece of movie making oh, so that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. um yeah, totally recommend it. To I people. am so I'm so it's happy great. to hear you say
0: that because mm-hmm. it uh, it means a lot to me the movie and um and the actors in it. You know I'm a rabid Anglophile and mm-hmm. um and Emma Thompson is a fucking just
1: she's so good, she's she, great. She's she's a treasure of the world. Yeah, she's great, and I can't say enough good things about her performance in this because. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a she says Wilkinson stuff
0: without even saying a
1: word. Yeah, like I know.
0: her face just.
1: Well, Alyssa Wilkinson brought up in that essay some good points too. Like she and the, you know Eleanor and Marianne wind up influencing each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like because mm-hmm. Marianne is like, ah, oh, God, Eleanor just fucking some emotion sometimes, and Eleanor's like. I does but also like I'm also carrying a lot and you don't realize Mm -hmm. you don't realize the weight of the world yet because you're so much younger than I am Mm -hmm, and your heart's mm going to get broken and there's no way to learn except to get it broken and after Marianne's heart gets broken she's different the rest of the movie yeah she's more respectful and deferential towards Eleanor not in like a cheeseball way no but like there's an awareness there of what's gone on yes like and there's a genuine evolution in their characters and relationship definitely so well written and acted definitely it's great
0: I of course realized that at 42 I am no longer like Marianne I am like Mrs. Jennings <laughs> um, which... <laughs> just kick the
1: door in with your little feathered hat
0: which I am so happy to be yep. just this big bosomy woman mm-hmm. who's in everybody's business mm-hmm. and who's super happy and wants everybody to be happy mm-hmm. Not she's not in people's just business to around hurt anybody and doing she stuff. wants everyone to be happy just yeah. oh goodness Colonel kind of Brandon who is the most eligible bachelor in the county oh indeed They're bound to do for one of you. Mind, I think he's a better age for Miss Dashwood. (laughs) (laughs) But I dare say she's left her heart behind in Sussex. hmm? (laughs) Uh, I see you, Miss Marianne. (laughs) I think I've unearthed a
2: secret. (laughs) Oh, you've sniffed one out already, Mother. You're worse than my best point of flossing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What sort of man is he, Miss Dashwood? Butcher, baker, candlestick maker. (laughs) (laughs) I shall winkle it out of you, you know. She's horribly good at Winkley. You're in lonely country now, Miss Dashwood. We none of us have any secrets here. Or
2: if we do, we do not keep them long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's curate of the parish, I dare say. Or oh, perhaps a handsome lieutenant. Give us a clue, Miss
0: Dashwood. Is he in uniform?
2: He has no profession. Oh, no profession. He's a gentleman, then. Margaret, you know perfectly
0: well there is no such person.
2: There is, there is, and his name begins with oh, an F. Margaret, an in F, indeed. Now that's a promising letter. Let me, F, F. Uh, For uh, Foster, there's one. Uh, Forrest. yes, uh, yeah. Fotheringay, Fogarty. Oh yes, oh, I, I, Fostergill, you.
0: Fotherington. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know, gets opens the opens mm-hmm. the thing to her carriage and she's like oh pigeon how are you and he's like well ma'am good to see you she's like you always say that i never believe you and i'm like yeah. this woman is it's me. great yeah um she's awesome <laughs> just, they, she pulls up with her son sir john milton who's just as bad as she is you yeah. and um they have like six dogs in the carriage who just all mm-hmm just explode out mm-hmm. of the carriage and they come running up and i'm like oh this is who i've become that's yep. fine yep. i'm good with that <laughs> <Right>. like i <laughs> right. still from, still a character
1: from a great movie that's I'm, fine i'm very happy to be
0: mrs jennings yeah um okay so we have another great why did you have the flashlight on
1: i bumped it with accidentally on my, okay. with my I thought hand maybe you were spotlighting me no i'm clumsy and not good at um being a human in the world oh okay yeah that's...
0: I'm you know kudos to you
1: yeah I mean it's good to know it it's not great to be it but awareness is helping in some capacity all
0: right yeah so what's your
1: hell yeah for this week my hell yeah for this week is a movie that I watched uh it's a movie from this year it's currently streaming on hulu it's called diane that's it. I'm not gonna say anything else. No, uh, it's called. <laughs> just staring. At just like him. fucking hang up the headphones Why and walk away. Did
2: you watch this?
1: Watched it the other night. It stars Mary <laughs> Kay Place, um, who's a character actress you've seen I in tons of stuff. Love Mary Kay Place. Uh, she plays uh, a woman named Diane, and it's about her relationships. Uh, she it's set in a town in Massachusetts, and it's her relationships with her friends and her aunts and her her son, who who's at the time the movie opens. Dealing with a drug problem, going through some issues, and she's like, you know, helping and supporting him. And her friends are like, "You give so much to him," and she's like, "He's my son. I can't not." And it's just this amazingly observed and amazingly written movie about these characters and life, and it is so honest and raw and unpredictable, and nothing is is it happens the way you think it's going to. And it is it's amazing. It's the first film. Uh, it's written and directed by Kent Jones, who's uh, who's been in the film industry for a while, but it's his first movie, and it is. Amazingly acted and so beautiful. Um, and just a great little it feels so real. I mean, when you watch movies so often, you you know you're watching something fictionalized and narrativized, but it's telling you a story. Like the there is zero artifice in this movie. It feels like you're watching these real characters have these real moments and you know people like you know die and, and you move on and like evolutions and like just The relationships are fantastic and the acting is top notch. Um, and Mary Kay place does an amazing job. If there were any justice, there would be a campaign for her this year that like Ethan Hawke got last year for first reformed or whenever it was two years ago, whatever, like this could be her first reformed. It's just such a great, great movie. Uh, yeah, it's called Diane and it's on Hulu. And I say, watch it
0: right on, right Mm -hmm. on. Um, my hell yeah is, uh, by local by indie this season, Mm -hmm. Uh, always frankly, uh, Mm -hmm. if possible, Um, I am an artist and most of my friends are are artists. I am. That's where all that stuff came from. I know. Most of my friends are artists. And, uh, I actually just got a really sweet email from, um, one of my, uh, clients today. He ordered a gigantic print, uh, for his wife as a surprise Christmas present because she, according to him is a huge fan of my work and talks about this talks about it a lot and talks about this print a lot i'm she's very smart obviously she's like i love this i love this i love this and he's like oh she loves it i'm going to get it that's the level
1: of hint we tend to need
0: that's a good man we're
1: we need clear clear direction but he was
0: like you know your work is superb and and it's going to make my wife really happy and i thought god damn you know that you got to know that that when you buy a sweater from macy's and i'm not saying we shouldn't have sweaters or whatever but when you buy a sweater from macy's you're not directly impacting anybody you're not when you buy a, a print from me you're directly impacting me and my family um i just bought and i have no shame in saying this Uh, both a Christmas ornament and a keychain from my friend Robin of Linkster Love. Look her up, Linkster Love. She made Baby Yoda ornaments and keychains. And you best believe I got one of each because I have to have my baby with me. It's Baby Yoda. All the time. When we
1: watch The Mandalorian now, and whenever Baby Yoda shows up, Tracy yells, "That's my baby," and she doesn't yell at the beginning of the episode when he arrives, like, "That's my baby." And then we watch the episode and go about our day. Like, the camera will cut away to the Mandalorian, who they keep trying to call Mando, and Mando is not happening. It's not working. Just fucking give it up. Call him fucking Jeff. What? Just give him a name. It's fucking stupid. Mando. How do they know that's the Mandalorian? That they, like he's like, "Call me Mando," and all the Mandalorians like, "I guess I gotta get another nickname now." Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. Anyway, every time it cuts away and then cuts back to Baby Yoda. Like you can come like five seconds later, and she'll yell out again. That's my baby. We just watched the latest episode of Mandalorian, which this week is episode six, and she yelled, "That's my baby!" about seventeen times. Uh,
0: That's my baby. Yep, it's
1: just fucking con- just excitement and better concern not hurt my baby. And yes, just,
0: hide my baby. Yes,
1: it is yes. constant. It's like we're at the zoo, and she thinks the animal can hear us. Like yes. it's it's adorable. Oh, so yeah, God. we got those baby Yoda ornaments. So, yeah, coming. so
0: I'm saying. Uh, if you are in a place where there are there's a lot of markets happening right now all over the country, all over the world, frankly uh, my friends in Paris are having some uh, this weekend what? Uh, there you go. Um, if you are if you're in a, a space where you can go to a, a holiday market and you can buy from local artists and vendors, please do so because you're getting something that's made with love and that makes a huge impact and you're also, making a huge impact on a family, on a person and and you're helping them um you know yeah you really are. pursue their dream. It's their and livelihood. That's rad.
1: And it's their livelihood. And the cool thing about shopping local is I mean you're cutting out so many of those steps like you were yeah, talking you're about. You're wearing a shirt from a local right. vendor right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> like you know that like when I when I shop locally buy something at like one of the art markets we go to, one of the local shops we go to, when I hand that person my card, that person that I'm looking at that's the person who's going to get this money yep. tomorrow in their bank account. Yep. Like I'm helping this person. Yep. And I get to take their art home. It's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, uh, shop local, y'all.
0: Shop local. That's my hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, happy holidays to those of you who celebrate, mm-hmm. and uh, and to those of you who don't, we just love you. Yeah. Just hang out. Just hang out. Come and, over and have and some cookies or something, man. Have a great uh, Have a great December. And yeah. our our producer is remaking What's she doing? her bed. Um, She's making her little nest, settling in. Yep, she says. So she just winked at me. Yeah. um But uh next week is going to be a great week because mm-hmm. we're going to have our Christmas movie. Yep. And I'm not going to give anything away, but Daniel's getting to pick, and it's a movie that I have never seen. That I actually told I was like. I, you're not gonna believe this. I've never seen this movie. Like we were both like, "What?"
1: Mm-hmm. So w- I'll I'll tell everybody it's Die Hard 2, Die Harder. <laughs> See,
0: I couldn't I I've couldn't seen hold Die it. Die Hard 2. It's not
1: good. No, it's not. It's real bad. But I do uh, love Die Hard 3 because it's the fucking bomb. I do love Die Hard 3. Die Hard. Oh yeah. As I was going to St. Dives, I met to man my seven wives. The whole fucking riddle thing. Yeah. The put the five gallon, the three gallon, and make four gallons. We're not gallons? doing this. We're not doing this. I know right how now. to make the four gallons. No, we're not doing this. I can right do now. it. Stop it. Okay.
0: Anyway. Thank you all. We will see you next week, and we hope that you have a fantastic week to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, let's let's listen to some beautiful music right now. Bye,
1: everybody. Bye.